All right. Can you hear me? I can. Yes. How are you? Okay. Fantastic. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Awesome. So, uh, is it just going to be you up on stage, or anybody else? How? How? Who? Who else would you like to to bring up? Yes, Dark Knight is going to join me, and he's going to um, give his perspective and a couple of nuances and um, cover some different areas. Sure. All right. And and just um, if you can, just fill me in on the name again. Um, so the name of the project is VVV. No, 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 no. On, on the person we're bringing up. Oh, Dark Knight. Okay, yeah, all right. He's not in here yet. Yep, perfect. No, he's not there. All right, yeah, I figure we'll give it a, a minute or two before we get started, let people get in here. I'm just reminding uh, Ableist server right now, and then uh, we'll get the show on the road. Amazing. Okay, let me do the same in my community, and let me also retweet um, everything on all of our socials. Okay, give one moment. There we are. And for all the guys listening, I would be very appreciative if you could leave a retweet and a like as well so that we get everyone in here who needs to hear what we do and wants more information about what we're building with VVV. Absolutely. And I'm just doing the same. Okay, I'm going to send one last ping to our VC guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Dark Knight is here as well. Yeah, Dark Knight. Let me. Uh, I'm going to send you an invite. So just uh, accept it. There you go. Just send it. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, in the meantime, I can get started with an yeah, overview sure. so, of what we do. So but for, let, let, let me know what you want me to start with. Yeah, absolutely. Give me... All right. First and foremost, I, I'll just express some gratitude for you taking time, you know, on your mint day. And congratulations on getting to that point, by the way. And, uh, you know, I'm Caesar, and, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So uh, if we can, maybe we just get started with a brief introduction about yourself and, and maybe, uh, you know, how you got into Web3, and then, and then we'll get into a, a little bit more of the details uh, about VVV and what you guys are building. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to get started with my journey, I have to go way back to the early days of Neo Tokyo. That's pretty much where everything began. I came into Web3, you know, a little bit later than most people. I really only get, got started in um, towards the end of last year. And before that, I was running a very successful e-commerce agency and was still doing that at the time. I was also doing mergers and acquisitions in the healthcare industry in Germany. 
and working on a 20 million euro deal of uh, buying two big assets in Germany. And I was just, you know, I had some interest in crypto, but I wasn't really focusing on it too much. But with the bull market going on, I started to make more and more money, you know, and with very little effort and with very little focus. And of course, over time, that then became interesting, right? Because if you do start making a lot of money with very little effort and you're normally used to working your ass off to generate cash, then, you know, that thing grabs your attention. And during that time, I was also one of the OG minters in you know, Tokyo, I was following Alex Beck on YouTube. And that slowly pulled me more and more into the crypto space. And um, yeah, I was very active in Neo Tokyo and somehow people got interested in what I had to say and what I did. And I ended up arranging the very first investment or the very first private round investment into a project called Orki. And at the time we deployed $1 million in private round one and private round two. And that was very interesting because it's, you know, crowdfund, crowdfunding is a thing. And there's a, a couple of community VCs operating in the Web3 space. But it's still rather unusual that you have a lot of retail investors in a really big project, which raises a lot of capital. And uh, Orki raised so far $12 million total. And they are pretty much building the GPS 2.0, they are an augmented reality company and they pretty much have superior tech compared to Niantech and Google. And they are, they are super interesting. They have an extremely strong founder and they've already been approached by the US government because their technology by having a more accurate version of GPS, of course, also makes or could potentially make warfare more efficient and cause less less casualties and so on. So, you know, just to give you some nuances about the, the projects which we have been looking at. So this is where everything started. And then I slowly transitioned out of Neo Tokyo to have more freedom in decision making and to really start focusing on working on investments in very promising web three three companies. And I've really been waiting all of my life to be early to a, a, a rising technology. I, you know, I'm 32 years old, so I was too young at the time to take advantage of the internet taking over. But I've always looked back and I always thought, I always thought if at any point in time there's a new technology coming up, I know for sure if I can spot the opportunity, I will, I will go all in and I'm going to make sure that I'm one of the front runners of changing the world. And that pretty much happened from the end of last year throughout the first four to six months of this year. I, the opportunity became more and more obvious to me and I decided to quit everything else which I was doing. I shut down my e-commerce agency. I handed most of my clients over to my employees. I canceled the big transaction in Germany and I pretty much terminated anything else which I was doing and I went all in on crypto and on arranging 
investments for the community and eventually building VVV. So now that's what I do full time. I work 100 hours per week. And while it's exhausting at times, it still never feels like work because I really am driven by the passion for the Web3 space. And I, I really see the blockchain as the last hope for humanity. Maybe it sounds a little bit like I'm over-dramatizing, but like it really is what it is. Like It's the last instance of freedom for people. It's the last chance for you to actually own your assets and to actually have freedom to travel freely without having to worry about how to store your value if you potentially have to leave a country and have to go abroad with everything that's going on in the political environment. Like with you being able to actually own your assets and to own your money, so to speak, that's really a very, very unique situation, which provides the world with the last piece of freedom, which they hopefully don't give up as easily as, you know, the personal freedom during the lockdown and during the past two years. For sure. Absolutely. And, 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 and I can, uh, you know, I can relate about putting the work in and, and, you know, just having a passion and a drive behind what we're building in Web3. And, uh, you know, not to make this too much of, of a, you know, a, a political thing, but I, I also have a, a very similar stance as you as, you know, uh, you know, Web3 actually gives you the opportunity to to own your own assets where everything else in the world in a centralized area um, is exactly the opposite, where where governments control everything in the banking system is, is just a sham of, of, uh, you know, of, of, of an industry where, where they control, you know, everything that you do with your money and where it goes and they track everything. And it's, uh, and, uh, you know, it just gets worse and worse by the year. And especially as you just stated with, uh, you know, the, the current, uh, past two years, it's been, uh, just getting dramatically worse and, 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 and for real, I mean, these are my own, these are my own opinions, but I mean, for real, I mean, this is exactly what they, you know, the governments of the world have wanted and, and, and just to just, you know, may, needing a major event to just take away more and more freedom. So I am on the same page as you with there, uh, just, you know, uh, not looking to make this, uh, offensive to anybody, but this is definitely how I, I think as well. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the web three space is, is a, a perfect opportunity to, to, uh, liberate yourself and, and, uh, re, you know, really control what you own and what you do with your own money and what you do with your own assets and, and have nobody, you know, um, uh, um, telling you what to do or, or where it goes or tracking what you do exactly. So, um, maybe you give a part of the community that, uh, that might not already be in the know what you're doing at VVV because, uh, you know, I have a little bit of background about it because uh, I've been uh, speaking to Dark Knight for a while and, and it's pretty impressive. But for those that don't know, why don't you just give a, a little brief uh, background about VVV and what you guys are bringing to the space? Yes, of course. So VVV is the only, the one and only community VC which operates without any fees. And the community VC is a venture capital brand, which pretty much works in the same fashion as the TV show Shark Tank. So we have projects coming to us. They present what they do. And then we make a decision of whether or not we invest capital into them. 
And that's mainly in the seed rounds and the private rounds, which usually are only available to institutional investors like Animoca brands and other big VC brands, which you might know. And the big differentiator here regarding the fees is that it shifts the entire incentive and motivation of the people running the venture capital brand. It's like the way it's done where you have a community and you have retail investors and you invest into a project that is called community VC, but all the community VCs which operate with fees, they don't really have a community. That's really the the misleading aspect about the, the term. Because if you operate with fees, then what you have is not a community, but you have customers. Because your entire business model is based on you selling your community deals and then making the money off the fees. And how this looks in practice is if you're part of any other community VC and they arrange an investment, then they will tell you why it's a good investment and why you should deploy capital. And if you deploy $1,000, for example, then they will make between $100 and $200 on your investment, which then also means if you invest $1,000, you really only invest between $800 and $900 because the rest of the capital gets eaten by the team of the community VC. And often this then leads to the operators of the venture capital brand not even investing their own money into the projects they present you, but they just make all of their money from selling those investments and selling those deals to the community. So they do huge amounts of volume of deals because they are driven by generating fees and by selling their community deals, which also means they have very low incentive to actually do very strict due diligence and they have a very high motivation to present you as many deals as possible, to sell you as many deals as possible, and to push you to invest as much as possible, because the more you invest, the more money they make. So all of the incentives you see in regular community VCs, they are all based to make the operators of that community VC more and more money. And it's not about quality, it's not about awareness of the responsibility you have for other people's money. It's not about being as transparent as possible. It's not, pro- not about providing all the information. It's really mainly about only telling people what makes them most likely to invest money. And what we've seen with the investment thesis of most community ven- uh, venture capital brands and even with venture capital brands like Three Arrows and other brands, they just approach everything with the shotgun approach and they just invest into anything and they don't really pay much attention to doing proper due diligence. It's like spray and pray. And I said this, I think like even, like, even already four months ago by, because we do a lot of due diligence and I will cover this topic a little bit later, but we've done so much due diligence and we've uncovered so many red flags and so many bad projects and so many scams and many of those scams and bad projects in which hundreds or sometimes even thousands of people have invested their hard-earned money, they are backed by really, really big names. And 
they even don't know that it's a scam because they didn't do any due diligence. Like the way it works many times when a project raises capital is they set up a website and then they just lie by, you know, who they are backed off. Excuse me. They just lie about who they are backed with and add some big names on the website. And then they start approaching smaller uh, VC brands and tell them, hey, we are backed by Animoca brands, for example. Would you like to invest money? And then those VCs usually only see the other big names and then they think, okay, this must be a good project. And then they start investing. And especially the big ones who have hundreds of millions of dollars to invest, they don't have the time or motivation to do do proper due diligence. They need to deploy the capital. And because it's not their money and because they make the money of the fees as well, you know, it's all completely skewed. And that's why you see so much capital being completely evaporated because it just goes into the wrong hands. And during our research of various projects, we use websites like the Wayback Machine, where you can see the state of websites a few months ago, sometimes even years ago. And then you see exactly that. Like they start listing investors when they launch the website, then they and then they actually only start raising capital. Then they, they add the new the new VC brands which just invested the money. Then they remove the old ones and then they keep raising money. And then they disappear with all the money. And many times they then just like maybe uh, six months later, they start over again and do the same thing again, sometimes even with the same idea and raise millions of dollars again. And then and- like, you know, the motivation of anyone uncovering this is very low because most people selling those deals, they all make the money from the fees. So at the end of the day, it's, it's always the retail investors or the high net worth individuals who deploy capital in some of the bigger investment funds. It's all them who are losing the money and everyone else running the businesses, so to speak, they make all the money from the fees. So, you know, they operate with very low morals and with very low responsibility. Yeah, for sure. And I yeah, definitely think, you know, a fee, fee-based structure is, is uh, you know, exactly what you just said. It's, uh, it, it, it it stops you from acting as a fiduciary and, and doing, you know, as you said, the proper due diligence and making sure that, you know, uh, you have no no benefit if the if the, if the project or, or the investment does well, because you, you're mostly concerned about the fees that you're getting off the volume of the money that you bring in. But uh, if, you, if you do a different type structure where you're benefiting from the pro- if the project does well, that makes sure that you're getting into an, uh, an investment or a project that, uh, you know, is is more 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 of a chance or, or percentage wise to do better than someone that's that's strictly looking, you know, fee based structure. Correct. So, um, you know, for, for part of the community, let's just uh, back it up a second. And why don't you just give a little uh, a little brief on on explaining what a what a seed investment is. And, and I know you just spoke about um a community VC, but, uh, you know, maybe you just to touch on a decentralized VC. Um, well, so we are not decentralized, right? Okay. And I think the, you know, the sales pitch of being decentralized, I think is extremely flawed because like nothing, there's no good company which can actually be ran by a crowd, meaning like the thing where, you operate as a DAO, for example, like that just doesn't work. 
if you look back historically speaking all the most successful businesses have been run by one person who was extremely capable and they've pulled everything off and as soon as you get different committees involved and once you start having hierarchy and many many different people with many different opinions like it it's get, it gets distorted way too quickly and then you lose sight of the overall goal and there's not one person left with the overarching vision which is driving everything and then the entire thing just falls apart and you have like a chicken without a head so i think the the entire point of being decentralized like if you talk about decentralization from this aspect i think it's nonsense because i don't think it's going to work in practice now if you talk about um, decentralization with regards to um full ownership of assets and true ownership of all the investments, then it's very different because then I agree with you that the decentralization aspect is one of the most important ones. And because we don't invest in any hard assets like gold or shares in real, and I don't mean this in this sense, but not in shares in real companies, but we actually purchase future tokens of companies which are going to launch their own cryptocurrency in the future and the tokens obviously are going to be on the blockchain so there's not one central entity which has any power over their tokens and to uh, give you guys an insight about what what seed investments actually mean so the way it works in the crypto space is if you are a seed investor then what you usually get is a soft agreement, which is a sales agreement for future tokens. And that means that you buy the cryptocurrency that project is going to release in the future today, but at a significantly lower price, which means, let's say, the anticipated launch price of a cryptocurrency for the public is going to be $1, then you usually, in the seed round, you might get in as cheap as $0.02 cents or maybe $0.20. Cents. So you get in at a much, much lower price than what eventually is going to be presented once the project has their TGE, which is the token generation event. And you also get it in cheaper than if you were to invest via a launchpad, for example. So if you look at CDFI, Engine Starter, and so on, we usually get in like anywhere between 30 to 70, 80% cheaper than what you get offered on a launchpad. And the big upside you have as a seed investor, or if, if you invest into the strategic round or the private round, is that you and your investment already gets de-risked by anyone else investing after you. So if you invest into the seed round, for example, at 20 cents per token and someone after you invests in the private round at 40 cents per token, and then you have uh, a launchpad being involved and they sell tokens at 60 cents per token, and then there's the public launch and it's going to launch at $1, the likelihood of that investment dropping from $1 below the 20 cents, which you invested in, 
which would require everyone else to sell way below and sell at a loss, you know, that likelihood is rather low. So you don't really have to prey so much on the market dynamics for those investments. The main risk is that you invest into something which maybe doesn't ever have its TG because the project is going to fail way before that. And then, of course, you always have the risk of something going wrong or maybe the founder not being able to execute and not making the project successful in general. So, you know, they could still have the launch and they could still start trading at a, at a decent price. But then you also have to keep in mind that in seed investments and strategic and private rounds, you're always subject to a vesting schedule. So once the cryptocurrency goes to the open market, you, you cannot sell all of your tokens which you have bought in advance on the same day. Like usually you have an unlock at TG, which means about 10% of the tokens which you, per which you purchased can be freely traded. But a significant amount of the tokens which you bought, they get vested over time, meaning the remaining amount of the tokens, which usually is between 90 and 95%, you get those distributed over the course of usually two to four years on a monthly basis. And this is, well, the entire concept is called tokenomics, which really is just a fancy terminology for set for vesting schedules and it's actually not that big of a deal as people make it out to be like if you invest into a project and you have very high confidence that it's going to be successful then i want to hold the tokens anyways so i'm not really concerned about being able to sell something very early on because i i know that the value appreciation of uh, of those tokens are, is going to get stronger and stronger over the course of the, the years where they find adoption and where they become more and more successful. And this really leads to the main aspect which we take into account during our research, which is the longevity, scope and likelihood of a project success. And that has led us to our investment thesis where we mainly focus on infrastructure technology for the blockchain. So as I mentioned before, we have Orky, which is pretty much a GPS 2.0, which is going to be potentially vital for augmented reality and for the replacements of displays in the real world, where we then slowly transition into the metaverse. And then we have projects like Snickerdoodle, for example, which potentially is going to play a crucial role in the digital identity and they offer technology which potentially is going to be adopted by big companies like Adidas or Nike because it can be used to replace the Web2 cookies, which you know from websites, and um, can provide, provide companies with the ability to collect Web3 data instead of just collecting Web2 data. And then we have uh, one of the, the projects our community has been the most excited about it's called Nillion, like million, but with an N in the beginning. And that's a project which potentially can disrupt encryption as a whole because it's, it provides a completely new and completely decentralized solution. And that can have massive 
disruptive impact on the entire planet. And, you know, of course, you know, you, you hear the, the scope and the ambitions of those individual projects are, are really tremendous, which also means the likelihood of them failing is, is always very high, right? But we always do our due diligence super, super particular. And we have an entire research institute running, which costs us between thirty and $40,000 per month. And these are full-time researchers who really go in-depth about finding red flags and really exposing anything that could be negative. And we also always have an AMA with the founders of those projects. So we also get an idea about how knowledgeable they are, how passionate they are about what they do. And only after we have all the facts, after we spoke to them personally, and after hundreds of our community members have done their own due diligence, and only after everyone agrees that it sounds like something that has a high likelihood of succeeding, something that has a big enough scale for us to be interesting, only then do we actually proceed and make an investment into those companies. Which then also means not all of them have to work out. Like if even just one of them succeeds, the returns we aim for are going to be 100x or even 1000x. Like we are not interested in 10% APY or 30% returns. Like all of that is just a waste of time. Like we really want big and high conviction place where if something succeeds, it's really going to be life-changing for everyone who has participated. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, you know, I can imagine in the current environment, I, I mean, you know, just a year ago, I, you know, and, and, and I'm not one that has ever gotten involved in seed investments, but I can imagine, you know, just a year ago where, uh, you know, uh, the, the ones that I did uh, hear about or see, you know, uh, in, the, in, in a bullish environment, I mean, uh, I'm sure most of them are, are or I, I probably wrong word with the word most, but uh, easier to find ones where you can uh, where, where you can benefit from. But the, what challenges does this current environment that we're in now bring when you're looking to get your community into, you know, a seed investment with a project? And and uh, it, it, is it more challenging now than ever, like from from a year ago? And what does that look like? Well, the dynamics have changed and one, something very interesting has happened. There's much less capital in the market in total. There's less VCs actually active. But the main thing which has changed is that the few VCs which are still active, they all chase only the top 1% of projects to invest in. Which means once you found uh, a really good project, they still have access to infinite capital. So for you to convince them to give you an allocation, if you are a nobody, or if you are a small community VC, or if you are a community VC, which is not very selective, which then implies that your community invests into whatever you present them which then also not means they don't really know what they invested in. And that then <laughs> results in very high uh, selling pressure once the TGE happens and the token actually becomes tradable. That means there's most, most of the community VCs, they are not even welcomed when you talk to some of the uh, in-demand projects because they know that the holders or the participants of the community VCs 
they are just there to dump the token on TGE right away because they are scared to lose their money or not to have any value appreciation in, in the future because they don't really know what they get into. The VC, which arranges everything, doesn't do any due diligence. So, you know, even if they find like that diamond project, you know, they, they wouldn't even be able to properly identify it and, you know, be able to really reassure their community that this is the one, this is the one good project which they had. So it has been, it has definitely become harder to get into those top projects because the demand for those specifically just has been so much more. But to us, because we, you know, we are now more experienced in what we do and we have established a really strong brand and we have an infinite amount of investment partners who speak very highly of us. To us, it, it's not that difficult because we also have a really good platform of our Twitter Spaces events. We can provide those projects and partners with a lot of exposure to the right people, to really knowledgeable and passionate people. And we also provide our partners with uh, you know, alpha and beta testing with hundreds and hundreds of people in the software which they create, which is something which they have very they have a very hard time to actually arrange that because it's not that easy to find really solid people in the crypto space who can test something without you know you you offering them any incentive and them being able to provide you with really sophisticated feedback and because we are different and because our community knows that we operate with 100% transparency and no financial motives in the investments which we arrange everyone is extremely passionate about what we do and we are also you know people trust us immensely so we really benefit here from a very different dynamic which you see in all the other VCs. Oh, and one thing which also has changed is that the lower quality projects, they really, really struggle for capital. And that has led to a very, a very harmful dynamic because now you have like the top 1%, like the few good projects which are, which are still remaining, which have a high likelihood of succeeding. Like they are super gated, getting into them is super, super difficult. And now you have like the 99% of the shit projects which are less, which are left and they struggle for capital. So where do those, uh, where do those projects go for, for money? They go to the community VCs because they know they would sell their community anything to get the fees. So now you have like that really toxic dynamic and in addition to that, you also have um, like those under the table deals, which means let's say you have a, a scam project and you want to raise capital. And now you have a community VC with questionable morals. And you know, they, they don't even do the due diligence. So, you know, you approach them if you lie and you tell them you want to change the world and you want to raise capital. And you also lie and you say, okay, we already have raised $5 million. So it's a safe bet. And we have VC, X, and Y involved, and they will help us become successful. And now they go to a community VC, and the community VC already makes 10%, for example, of the $1 million which they would raise through their community. So they, they would already make 100K profit, right? But now they make a backhand deal with the project which came to them, and the project offers them a part of the money that's being raised. 
So they're going to raise $900,000, meaning the $1 million minus the 10% fee. And then the community VC also gets a part of the $900,000, which they just raised from their community and in quotes from their customers. And we've seen this many, many times, more times than you can imagine. There's a scammy project raising capital through a community VC and the community VC tells their community, this is the best project ever. You have to invest. And we do two or three minutes due diligence and you immediately see that something is wrong. And if you dive deeper, then you see in the way back machine, like they just have recycled an idea with which they already raised money in the past and all the money disappeared. Or you have founders who changed their names and, you know, some of the stories you wouldn't even believe. And then you have the, you know, the, the loyal and trusting community members who get lured into those investments. And because of the vesting schedules and because of all the TGEs being delayed because of the bear market, like all those scams, they are only going to become obvious over the course of the next one or two years. And I think a lot of people are going to lose a lot of, lot of money and there's going to be even more of the bigger VCs getting completely wiped out because many times they also actually invest millions or tens of millions of dollars into those scam projects. Understood. Now, um, you know, when we speak about VVV, you know, how, how are you guys making it easier for, for, you know, um, you know, the average DJ to get into seed investments? Can I ask that please? Of course. So there's two options currently. You have the direct investments where you have to do KYC and then you can participate in all the investments which you arrange. And depending on which NFT you hold, whether it's a whale NFT, shark NFT, or dolphin NFT, you either have a guaranteed spot with allocation sizes of up to $10,000, or you participate on a first come, first off, first served basis with usually like a $1,000 um, limit. And we don't have any, like we have a very low minimum amount of investment, like what you normally also see in other community VCs is that they have like relatively high minimum investment amounts, again, because they want to pressure you to invest as much, as much capital as possible. And that can be $500 or $1,000. And in our case, we have the uh, minimum for the direct investments with only $100, which means if you either have less money or if you are less convicted about a certain project, but you still want to have exposure to it, then you can invest you know, a reasonably low amount of money for the sake of ha having exposure to it. Because you know, a thousand X on $100 is still pretty good, right? Um, and then as a second option, we have a, a KYC-free raffle system where you can participate in the investments as well, but you, you don't have direct investments where you can just pick and choose and directly invest, but it's based on a raffle, meaning you can buy tickets for a certain allocation. And then depending on how lucky you are, you have a certain amount of prepaid allocation, which is then going to be attributed to your account. And these investments can be as low as $10, or you can also invest higher amounts if you own more of our uh, NFTs.
And the reason we chose this approach is because we know that the, you know, the NFT space as a whole is not full of sophisticated investors. And we also see that, you know, and this, this might maybe rub a few people the wrong way, but trading and NFT flipping, in my opinion, is a huge waste of time. Like there's very few people who actually make a lot of money and then also keep a lot of money. Like you hear dozens and dozens of, of stories where someone made 500K and then they lost everything. And, you know, someone made a million dollars and then they had half of it on FTX and then they lost it again. And all of the, the trading is just an up and down. And it's like uh, and never ending circle of people making a little bit of money and losing a little bit of money. Like there's very few people with actual substantial success. And the returns you see with the seed investments are just exponentially higher. And you also have a very different dynamic where whatever you buy, you get de-risked by buying it uh, as a, at a much lower price than what, what, is, what it is eventually going to be traded for. And that also means that we are not really concerned about bear or bull market because we invest into companies which are going to succeed over the course of the next four or five years or sometimes even 10 years. And whether or not we invest while there's a bear market going on or while there's a bull market going on, that doesn't have any impact on their overall success and their scope of success. So we stick to our investment thesis and we make it as approachable to the chance as possible. And we also have a variety of resources in our server. We have a research institute which has its own course where you can actually learn how to do your own due diligence. And our chief research lead is guiding everything and he is there to provide everyone with support and guidance on how we do things. And we are very, very, um, we highly incentivize people to get involved in the community and to learn how to ask critical questions. Because it's not, we don't want to be the ones presenting everyone with an investment and then everyone has to just trust us, right? We really encourage the community to think more critically and to also ask very critical questions about whatever we present them with, right? We want them to be as critical as possible because we know if they learn how to identify red flags and how to spot things which maybe are wrong or expose a project to risk, if we then find something where we think it's a good investment and hundreds of people have vetted the project as well and they couldn't find anything bad, you know, then we have a very high conviction about something that can then actually be super successful. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, uh, you know, just uh, making sure that, um, you know, the community members definitely think for themselves and and, and uh, find a com comfortable avenue, um, you know, to doing due diligence on their own and, and asking the, the critical questions is super important. So, you know, they're not just, like you said, relying on someone's word. Now, um, you know, I understand, uh, you know, uh, today is a big day for you guys as it's phase three in your mint. Maybe, uh, um, you know, if there, there's a few apes in here that might not be in the, in the total understanding of, of the structure of how you guys are going about it. Maybe we can, uh, you know, just touch on a little bit about how, how the process will go. Uh, I know you have to stake it. It comes pre-staked. And what is this? Uh, uh, what is um, 
for for um, a member of the community that wants to get involved. What is this and what does this bring in terms of value and 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 what are they able to do as being part of the community with a staked NFT? Yes. So, you know, I, I had the genius idea to launch the entire NFT collection in a similar fashion as the most successful cryptocurrencies have been launched. So we found a way to pretty much mimic the vesting schedules of regular cryptocurrencies and apply that to an NFT collection. And in practice, this means we have a collection of 5,000 NFTs and all those 5,000 NFTs initially have been minted to our vesting wallet. And in phase one, only 1,300 of those 5,000 NFTs have been sold and brought into circulation. And the phase one mint was the only mint where the NFTs have not been pre-staked. So they have been freely tradable. And those 1,300 NFTs have been minted by 450 people. And these 450 people are pretty much the people who created the current floor price. And 70%, and probably it's, it's even more now, um, but a few months ago, 70% of all those phase one NFTs have been voluntarily staked. And 90% of those staked NFTs have been staked for 12 months. Our members initially had the option to stake for six months or for 12 months. And 90% of them chose to stake it for 12 months, which really shows how much conviction the community has in what we build. And then in phase two, we had a very small round for the missus of phase one, so to speak. And they could also buy the NFT, but their NFTs have been staked for 12 months. And these were 130 NFTs by 130 members who um, then got minted. So now we have 1,000, yeah, let, let's call it 1,500 NFTs out of the 5,000 which are in possession of, um, of our members. And the initial mint price was 315 US dollars, which is currently around 0.25 ETH. And the current floor price is about 1.7 ETH. And that's around uh, $2,100. So we are roughly up 7X from the initial mint. And some of our more, more rare NFTs like the whale NFT and the shark NFT, they have sold for as high as 13 ETH, I think was one of the recent sales of a whale NFT. So, you know, the community really, really highly values the access which they have in VVV. And they can also see very transparently and very obviously by the actions which we take that everything we do, like literally every single step which we do, every decision which we make, that it's all made for the benefit of the community. Like, I made a lot of money with my e-commerce agency before. I know how to make money. And I made the conscious decision of launching VVV by knowing I have to go through a deep valley of making less money because what I intended to launch could not be launched with, uh, with priority on financial motives because they would just corrupt everything. So, you know, that's the reason the phase one mint, for example, um, I think we got around $350,000 in capital, if I'm not mistaken. 
And all of the money, literally every single penny has been spent on building VVV. Like all of the money which was made from the initial launch, all of it went back into building VVV. And you can also imagine the, you know, operating with 0% fees pretty much means that you run a charity because it provides a service to the holders, but you don't make any money from it, right? You make money once from the NFT sale, but then it's not really that any of the members has, you know, paid money to get the service and then the money just disappears. You know, in, in reality, people bought the NFT and they benefited from the services which we have provided since then. And there's even value uh, appreciation in the NFT itself. So everyone is in massive profits from the terms of, uh, you know, their investment of, for example, 315 NFT, uh, 315 USDC. And they also got access to completely incorruptible service and support by our team. And now for the phase three mint, it's going to follow the very same structure as the phase two mint. And the way this works in practice is for our mint, you go through a form and you pick your Discord handle and you pick how many NFTs you want to mint. Then you send the funds in ETH or in USDC to our wallet. Then you provide us with the transaction link and then you add the wallet to which you want to receive the NFT after the 12 months staking is over. And how this looks like on the blockchain is very simple. We have the vesting wallet where we currently have the like 3,500 NFTs stored. And within seven days after, the, the, after today's mint, you will receive an overview with the token IDs of your NFTs. And then you will see that the token ID which has been accounted to you is now owned by the VVV staking contract. And the staking contract works in a very unique way. And the way it works is that the, only the vesting wallet, which I own, can stake the NFTs in the staking contract. But I can't, I myself, even as, an, as the owner of the collection, I cannot unstake the NFTs in that contract. Only the person who has minted and has been accounted for the respective token ID, only they can unstake the NFT. So it works completely trustless, completely automated. Whoever was accounted for, for the NFTs for you know, which they bought, only that wallet ever can unstake the NFT. Which now means, you know, to maybe also give you the, the you know, the financial logic behind that approach. We currently have an NFT with a 1.7 ETH floor price, right? So you can see the community has been well established. The holders are super, super strong. They don't sell the NFT. They, you know, the majority of them decided to freely stake it to have uh, use it just to full utility. And now you get a 1.7 ETH NFT for a mint price between, uh, I think, uh, 1.65 ETH and as low as 1.35 ETH. So you, you get the NFT at, at a massive discount. And then, of course, you know, if I give you an NFT, which is worth 1.7 ETH, if I give it to you for a few hundred dollars, you know, obviously, I, I can't allow you to sell the NFT on the next day. Like, that would ruin the entire collection, right? And that would also attract the wrong people. Like, we really want people who understand the, 
you know, the concept of what we are building and try and for, for the long run. I, I don't want to attract any people who are just driven by hopefully flipping the NFT. And, you know, the big advantage which you have, and that's why I see the bear market really as, an, as a uh, benefit to us, we probably are in one of the worst spots currently with the space as a whole. FTX has just gone bankrupt. We are in a bear market already. And still our floor is constantly increasing. And I'm not, I'm not promising that it's going to keep increasing, but you know, we are, with 1.7 ETH up from 0.25 ETH a few months ago, while everyone else is, or while everything else is plummeting and hitting rock bottom, you know, as outperforming everyone makes me really bullish because you can imagine like if our floor price increases during the bear market, you can only imagine what's going to happen in the bull market. And when you spend a little bit of time in our survey, you can also see that the, the caliber of member which we have is super, super high. Like they, these are really highly, highly intelligent people. It's not the, the GM, GN and GIF nonsense, which you see in the majority of servers. We don't even allow usage of GIFs. We don't allow embed links. Like it's, everything is super professional and members use their real first name as the handle. They have their actual face as their picture. Like it's a super, yeah, it's a very exclusive brotherhood, I would say. And we recently had a, a real life event in Marbella in Spain. And we had 12 people pay $5,000 each to attend a real life event with me, a few guest speakers and some of the team members. And, you know, maybe again to underline the, the financial motivation of VVV. So these guys paid $60,000 to attend an event to hear me speak. And I spent $70,000 to make this the best possible event for them. I rented probably, and we're going to post a trailer soon. So you guys can actually see and, fe and, and feel how, how that event uh, came about. But I rented probably the, the best possible villa in all of Spain. Like it's an, it literally looks like the White House. It's an oceanfront villa directly at the ocean with a huge pool and huge garden. And I rented two additional villas to make room for all the attendees. And I even had three of my team members <laughs> stay at my place because we, at some point we were just running out of spots. And these guys had their own private chef to prepare lunch for them. In the, in the evening, we went out to dinner to the most exclusive members clubs in Marbella, to the most exclusive restaurants. And we had some really, really top tier speakers there. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know Dorian Yates, but it's a six times Mr. Olympia winner, one of the most famous bodybuilders of all times. And he was one of our speakers because in VVV, we also have our own academy and we study super successful people and having the honor of speaking to one of the icons ourselves. That was super, super impressive. And we also have maybe some more controversial figures speaking, um, but we also have had uh, Sterling Cooper as one of the guests who had a, a live session with us as well. And yeah, we really, you know, we attract super high performance of all areas of life. And I know you did, you know, you didn't want to get politically, 
you didn't want to get political uh, when we started the conversation. But, you know, being outspoken, I think in this space is, is really one of the biggest strengths which you can show. And by being outspoken and by not fearing, repelling maybe some of the more woke people, you know, you're really going to attract a super strong community of really, really dedicated members who are not just fighting for freedom with, with the blockchain itself, but who also understand the importance of freedom of speech, being able to express yourself and who have a certain set of values, which then just makes having a community with each other so much more meaningful. And we could really see this at the live event. Like there was, you know, these guys, they, they didn't really know each other. Just, you know, they, they had some interactions maybe in our general chat, but they didn't really know each other, right? So 12 random people came together and they met each other. And within like half a day, it felt like we were family. And, you know, if you go to our uh, server and if you go to our channel, the IRL event channel, you will be able to read the testimonials of those guys. And it's, it's really moving. You know, we, we literally changed 12 people's lives uh, at that live event because the, the content in which we dove deep into around success, you know, what it takes as sacrifices to become a, a real man, to become someone of substance, to be able to actually not just get money by getting lucky in crypto, but really understanding of how to use money, how to multiply money, and how to, you know, um, curate the people around you. Like I'm sure you guys do, you know, in your community as well. Like that's really super important. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah no, sorry. Well, what's up, bro? So yeah. To, yeah, doing great. So to add to it really quick, I think I really think like the, one of the main reasons that made uh, VPV that successful already is, is is the polarizing part of it, and I think it's very important because when you're, you know, when you're yourself without, while being unapologetic about it, that's when you might have people that don't like you, but that's when you have people that really like you, and that's what allowed us to have. Uh, a tight-knit community, I think. Yeah, agreed. And I, you know, uh, I was just being, you know, uh, uh, correct. I mean, I, I think uh, for any of those uh, members of APLIS that know me, I'm one of the most outspoken, uh, uh, you know, uh, people that, to be honest, that I know. I mean, I always speak how I feel and, and my, my values and my beliefs. And, and I, you know, it's just uh, that's who I am. And, and that's just how I've always been. I mean, uh, when I see bullshit, I call bullshit. And, and, uh, you know, when I see uh, radical changes that are, that don't benefit, the, you know, how I believe and, and how I was raised, I, I call that as well. And and I mean, if you look at my Twitter page, I think I've uh, offended uh, half of Twitter by now. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, I probably uh, didn't come across the right way, but I, I've definitely, uh, um, you know, for myself anyway. Uh, um, but I also have to, you know, people I have to. Um, I have partners in this space, so I also have to, you know, have have their uh, have their well being as well. Because just because my beliefs are my own, um, they also might not be of my partners. So if uh, if I was a sole proprietor, I think I would uh, 
be uh, much more um, outspoken, um, uh, you know, especially on spaces and things. But uh, I also have to think about how I have uh, partners and I'm not a sole proprietor of Apolist as as, um, you know, my partners are 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 just as important as I am because I wouldn't be here without them. Um, because we all um, complement each other's skill set, so I always have to keep that in my mind, and uh, you know, and, and 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 know we're in this together. So I um, just try to keep that in my mind when I speak, um, uh, when I'm not from my when I'm not speaking on my own, you know. Yeah, and it's not it's not necessarily even um, something that's you know counterproductive, right? Because, you know, it, it is also important to be able to remain humble and to put your ego aside and to, you know, accept someone else's reality as well. So I, I think that can even be helpful. I agree with you totally. A hundred percent there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, um, if, if let me ask this. So if you think, uh, you know, we, we touched on uh, m most of the topics that you guys are doing over at... Uh, what is this two transaction? I apologize. Um, at VVV, I think maybe uh, we can open up to see if anybody has questions. That's uh, the, the floor is yours. I mean, uh, if we fail to go over anything, please feel free to share it as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, let me just scroll through some of the comments. And for any, anyone listening, um, again, I would be appreciative if you guys could leave some retweets to us, uh, a few likes uh, to show appreciation of ableist making the time for us today and being so grateful uh, being so uh, um generous to provide us with their platform right before our mint you know that we really appreciate your support here Cesar. So, so thank you for that and let me have a look um some of the questions which we might have yeah i i see a lot of uh Dolphin PFPs in the comment section, so <laughs> they are probably not going to ask a lot of questions because they already know everything. So anyone who's new uh, who might have some questions, please feel always free to to ask. And I also always encourage the community like that. There's really nothing which is off limits. Like you know, there's no possible way in which you could offend me. There's nothing which remains a mystery or anything which remains unknown. Like there's. You know, everything is always 100% on the table. Uh, maybe one thing which I haven't covered yet, uh, which is the blockchain fund, which is the next step of VVV. And this is something I've been working on for a few months now. As you, you know, as someone being able to do ba basic math, you realize if we operate without, without any fees, <clears throat> that, mean, that means we don't have any cash flow, right? So no matter how many NFTs we sell, at some point the collection is sold out and then we're going to run out of money gradually. So there has to be some sort of income to make VC, uh, to make the VVV VC brand sustainable. And that's where the blockchain fund comes into play. That's going to be the first, and when I say decentralized, I don't mean it in the sense of a DAO structure, but I mean it in the sense of decentralized where all the assets are on the blockchain. And this is going to be the first decentralized and fully liquid hedge fund in existence. Because currently you don't have any hedge funds which are actually fully liquid. It, you know, the, the way they work is actually quite archaic 
and arcane. It's not very usable and it's not very beneficial to the individual investor. And we're going to set that up and we're not just going to set this up with the NFT community or with retail investors, but we're actually going to get institutional investors involved. And I aim to eventually have uh, around $300 million under management in that blockchain fund. And the fund is going to be the entity which is going to operate with fees. And the fee model which you have in the hedge fund world is 220, meaning you have 2% fees on the capital which gets deployed and you have 20% fees on the returns which are being generated. And we're going to have a slightly different fee structure because um, obviously we are not just a regular hedge fund, right? But if you look at the, you know, the, the money hedge funds generate, the, you know, they have a significant impact on the financial system and we are going to benefit from having the VVV VC brand, which is 100% incorruptible because we have the fee-less structure and our research is really only motivated by finding the best possible project. And we're going to make that deal flow available to the blockchain fund. And then we have a blockchain fund with a lot more capital and that blockchain fund is going to have access to the best deal flow in the entire industry. And now we have uh, you know, a synergistic effect between the incorruptible entity, which can now provide a service to the blockchain fund. The blockchain fund is actively going to generate cash. And with that cash, the services of the VVV VC brand and specifically of the research institute can easily be covered. And the blockchain fund is hopefully also going to show massive profits by managing the funds properly, by picking the right investments. And by doing this in harmony with the VC brand, I think we're going to be able to outperform any other crypto fund out there and any other hedge fund, especially with, you know, with the things happening with the CBDCs and you know, where the financial world is going currently with the housing market potentially crashing completely. There's going to be a lot of blood in the streets and people eventually are going to cry for decentralization of their assets. And you can also not be able, or you, you will also not be able to cope with all of your assets being locked up in a hedge fund for five years without you having any sort of liquidity whatsoever. And if you then also see potentially some big hedge funds going out of business and by no one being able to pull out the capital in time because they simply don't have access to it, you know, that's going to spark a big movement. And I want to be the first one who is at the front of the first fully liquid hedge fund where people can, can, get, in, uh, can get in and out on a daily basis. And in order to make this work, we're going to have our own cryptocurrency, which is then going to be reflective of the hedge funds value and its future value and the expectations of all stakeholders and shareholders. And it's going to be a truly revolutionizing approach to what you currently see, currently see in the investing world and in the, uh, also in the financial, uh, financial services industry. Amazing, definitely, and I, yeah, definitely love what you guys are doing at at uh, VVV, and I think it's it's it just a you know a di uh, a different approach than 
than uh, you know so many of these copy paste communities of projects and and you know I think uh, you know building your base around you know Neo Tokyo and and uh, I mean let's 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 face it I think uh, you know I've been in the space for for a few years now and and uh, you know always uh, have known Neo Tokyo uh, holders to be uh, some of the most affluent. Um, you know, um, um, holders in the space looking to better themselves. And, and, um, you know, I, as I look around, uh, the AMA, I see plenty of Neo Tokyo, uh, uh, PFPs as well. Um, now, uh, uh, today's mint is at what time did you say it's at what? Two o'clock. It's uh, in two hours. Time? It's in, it okay. So in, it's in two hours. So it's at 8 PM CET, which is, uh, 7 PM UTC. Uh, we're probably going to run a little bit late, but I, I also I'm, I'm going to drop an announcement uh, after this AMA. And initially, I was planning to only open up the mint for one hour to keep the pressure high and to make sure that only super convicted people mint. But I also see that we still like really literally by the minute we have new members coming into our server. And if I now open up the mint for only one hour, you know, it's, it's just going to be confusion and people are going to feel pressured to mint and make the decision. And I don't think that's going to be healthy for the community. I think it's, you know, we have to be very accommodating to the new members. And for that reason, the mint window is going to be open for 24 hours, which means everyone can take their time, look around in the server, educate themselves about VVV, and then make a really objective and rational decision about them minting or not. And I'm also very proud to say that, you know, things have already been gone, uh, been going much better than I expected in my financial planning for VVV. I'm always super, con uh, super converse, Jesus, super uh, conservative. And I was hoping for three months of runway to pay the team because it's like the minimum amount of time which I would have needed to pull off the blockchain fund and raise the first capital and get the first cash flow going. But now we already have um, runway for almost a year. So like, we, like we, I don't even need to keep the minting window up, open for 24 hours. Like we already have, you know, we already have exceeded the goal which we have but I also see the benefit of, you know, the benefit for members, for new, new people, for new faces to get involved, to actually find home in a brotherhood, which actually has their absolute best interest in mind. And um, so we opened up the mint in our phase three, like one day earlier for our strongest holders. And we allowed them to mint, um, you know, in advance to everyone else. And these guys have already minted 900 NFTs. And I think that has now generated like between 250000 or $300,000. So that's, you know, way more runway than I would have needed. And now we are really in a super, super position to execute on everything that we have planned. And we're going to be able to execute faster. We're going to be able to roll out at a larger scale than I initially, you know, conservatively planned for. So now it's, you know, it's going to be, next year is going to be a really, really good year for VVV. Like we've already like exceeded all expectations in this year. We've really pulled off some 
absolutely amazing things. And next year is just going to be even better. Yeah, love that. And, and um, you know, I think uh, we're grateful for, for you guys, uh, you know, taking care of the A-plus community. And uh, for myself, I know, uh, you know, I'll be definitely getting involved as, as uh, definitely uh, an aspect of Web3 that I need to uh, more familiarize myself with and educate myself. I think uh, if, uh, if you have a passion for Web3, uh, um, you know, just to better uh, educate yourself in all aspects is it, it, just a, a recipe to succeed as well and and uh, look forward to the mint today and um, I mean if if, um, if if we think we covered everything I'll leave it to you to maybe uh, you know wrap it up with, with a final statement yeah I mean I want to give a shout out to Dark Knight for you know helping us really reactively and making all those collaborations happening and pulling in so many new members and getting them interested in VVV. It's like when you work in a high-pressure environment, and especially if all the communication always just happens via text, it's not always pleasant, right? Like if stakes are high and if you always want to do the right thing, like things can and not necessarily be heated, but a lot of context gets lost via text. So, you know, when you start some discussions and when, when, when everything goes super in-depth and when you have little time to execute on and when the, the logistics are almost unbearable and you still need to, you know, be super decisive and super careful about how you do things and every single decision and now you have responsibility for hundreds and hundreds of people, like, you know, making decisions can be really tough and working with me can also be really tough not just for Dark Knight, but also for the rest of the team. You know, everyone always means well, but at the end of the day, not all seemingly good decisions are really always actual good decisions for the community. So many times I have to be the asshole who says no, or who has a very firm stance on something. And of course, it's not always going to be pleasurable for everyone involved. But it's very important for the community to know that I'm never afraid of potentially offending someone, even if it's a team member, never afraid of hurting anyone's feelings. If I know for sure what the best decision is for the community, then I will always go through with that. And I never, ever did any favors to any of the team members. No one ever got any inside information to be able to, you know, trade based on the floor price or to play the community. Like I've been always super closed with every single piece of information. I really only let, let the team know what they need to know and don't give them any benefits past, uh, you know, their salary. And I think that that level of, um, that level of integrity really is unmatched in the space. And I think it's also the, the main reason why I'm, you know, why I'm in a position where the community really trusts me to an, really to, to a crazy degree. And so let me, let me close this AMA with uh, the, the last story here. Um, a few months, uh, well, yeah, a few months ago, I was asking our whale holders for a short-term loan. And I didn't tell them what it was for. And it was almost half a million dollars. 
and half a million dollars into my personal wallet. So no gnosis, no other people overseeing anything. I, to I told them I need half a million dollars uh, rather quickly. I need them in my wallet and I can't tell you what it is for. And um, it took us, I think, three hours to already be oversubscribed. And then I did what I had to do. And um, yesterday I paid back the last person. And I think this is really something which no other community would ever be able to pull off. And if any outsider <laughs> looks at uh, people giving me so much money without even knowing anything and with no, like, there's no, no insurance, there's no guarantee that anyone ever sees the money ever again. It's literally all based on a handshake and just on good faith. And I have huge amounts of respect for our whales, for the support they have shown VVV. The initial funding to, to, to launch everything actually came from the initial pre-sale of the whale NFTs which at the time uh, was one ETH per NFT. And, you know, the likelihood of BBB succeeding at the time was pretty much close to zero. So, you know, initially they already took a huge risk, right? And they keep supporting me. And they keep showing super high conviction into BBB. And I'm, I'm really incredibly grateful for, for the support of those guys and also for the support of the rest of the community. Uh, you know, I know... People hold me in very high regard, and I can just reassure you once again, I will always do what's right for VVV. I will never back down, and I will pull off some real fucking miracles with the blockchain fund. And everyone involved in VVV, anyone holding a stake in our NFTs, you guys are going to be in for an amazing ride. So thank you guys once again for listening in. Thank you for putting the faith in us, and I'm very much looking forward to next year. Absolutely. Great close. And, and yeah, Doc Knight, I just, uh, yeah, I'll express some gratitude as well. He's always been great to great to me and, and uh, uh, definitely someone, uh, uh, you know, um, I hold in high regard as well. And and um, yeah, look, looking forward to, to what the future brings, you know. All right, Cesar, thank you once again for your time today. It, it really Good luck was today. Super, yes. super timing. Thank you once again for uh, giving us this platform. I'm really thankful for you. Thank you. My, my pleasure. Cheers. Everybody. Go ahead, Doc. Yeah, cheers. Enjoy your night. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.